so the last race of the season it's down to the wire and it's also the last race for British driver Scott David Coulthard who joins me now David your final time in an F1 car any plans to go out in style oh I my plan for the weekend has always been to uh, qualify uh, somewhere down the field, uh, ideally 14th, so we achieved that, very happy there. And then uh, during the race, uh, basically I just want to get uh, punted off at the uh, first corner and then trudge back to the pits for a depressing interview with Louise Goodman. Uh, David, if you don't mind me saying, uh, that's not really going out in style, is it? Well, it's going out in my style. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm the Gareth Jones, he's the Richard. Hello. And he's the Zog. Hello. First of all, our initial reaction to the most extraordinary turn of events that we've just watched, the winning of the Drivers' Championship by His Royal Highness, Lewis Hamilton. Our initial reaction, I think, is this. Crikey, Moses. George. Really? Well done, young man. Yeah, um, well done, young man. Anyway, see you next time. That's that's that, I, 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 I that's can't, all I wanted to say. I then, genuinely, I can't think of anything to say at the moment. I'm just except that I'm extraordinarily pleased, if a little shell shocked and exhausted. Yeah, quite frankly, what, uh, we were. And it's no exaggeration to say we were on our feet, weren't we? We were like like yeah. just spontaneously on our feet. That last one. Uh, there was a lot of flailing around, and, around and, and, and shouting and all sorts. <laughs> it was it was just sort of animal we, behaviour. But we, it was we were all standing up because at, at the point at which we all stood up, the weather had just changed and everyone had come in to put on uh, intermediates again. And at that point, we realised that. Well, we believed Lewis had lost it, and we stood up in dismay. We were all standing there with these hand-dog expressions, and then slowly it sort of unpeeled in front of us as Glock failed to keep it on the black stuff, as far as we could tell at this stage. But there was even more than that, because when they started coming in for the intermediate tyres, and, you know, we're all sort of thinking out loud, and, and, and we're sort of saying, oh, OK, but Lewis... He, He's dropping back from fifth place. That means that he's lost it now unless Massa doesn't finish first. Then Massa comes into the pit, and at that moment I thought, OK, fine, we're back on. Everything's, everything's OK as long yeah. as nothing... And I hadn't realised that he could come back out in first place. I yeah. hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't realised that. Yeah. I, I couldn't have wondered if somebody had done a quick sprint from the McLaren garage down the pit lane with a large <laughs> suitcase full of money to the Toyota garage. Quite no, sure I think that. what happened was they no. went, right, we've got that, that car that's ruining our chances that's still out there on the slick tyres. We've got to go down there and see if they'll reduce their... Pa- oh, wait, it's Toyota. That's fine. We'll, just- <laughs> we'll be all right. <laughs> well, I say that, but then, you know, truly managed to qualify second. So we can scoff, but uh, they, they use- it's a good job they found their pace at the right time in the seat. Oh, oh too late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that was the most fantastically satisfying climax to a season. I mean, the tension... It's I, I, been an amazing season. You have it's say. been I mean, a fab actually, season. You know, all the way through, there's been the drama, fantastic fight between uh, Hamilton and Massa. And I'm certain that just about everyone who listens to this show who's as addicted to Formula One as we are, over the last two weeks waiting for this final race has felt this sense of, oh, I don't know if I could watch it. You know, it's just too painful. I don't know if I can make it. And then we get to the start of the race and to add to the drama... They delay the start by 10 minutes because of rain. Right, first tick on the box. Let's see, what can we do to make this even worse? Oh, we'll have rain on the grid at the dummy grid. Right, yeah, that's and a good start. about yeah. tyres at the start of the race. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
scratching our heads. You know, we usually, at the start of a race, we're all experts, aren't we? We're all, you know, uh, team managers in our own right. We're sitting there, oh, no, well, of course, you should have started on the intermediates. At the start of this race, we're all sitting here going, I don't know what to do. It was deathly quiet. Did you notice? We're all sitting around going, I don't There's know what to do. There's a lot of concentration, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, less, not less fooling <laughs> around than they usually If is. the Ferraris are running light, then that's an advantage to them because the weather's changeable. And we believe Lewis is heavy because he wasn't that quick in qualifying. Panic started to set in even before the start of the race for me. Ah, oh, and then it gets worse. The Ferraris get away like lightning. Hakey fails to protect Lewis in except, the way... Except at the very start. I mean, you know, uh, yeah? In those first couple of corners, did a, did a nice job of covering Lewis's back. He did at that point? Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and until, um, until he dropped behind Alonso and Vettel, wasn't it? Yeah, Vettel, Vettel was going like the wind. Yeah, yeah. He had a, had a hell of a race. But, uh, and at one point, I, I suddenly thought, hang on, the answer to all our problems is... Vettel must win the race. As long as Vettel or even Alonso wins this race, it stops Massa from doing it, and therefore Lewis wins by default, effectively. But, but that changed, didn't it? <laughs> you have to say, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, Massa did a fantastic job. I mean, he never, yeah, yeah. he never looked like he was going to lose the race. I mean, it was. Uh, no, that's true. It was, it was, it was always his race, and I really felt sorry for the guy. I mean, much as I was hundred percent behind Lewis all the way, I'm, I'm so happy that he's won, and there will be more championships, and you know, I'm sure we'll be uh, looking at him in a few years' time as uh, a remarkable multi-world championship winning driver not, not just the youngest ever world champion but, but that's in the future right now no way I wanted Massa to have been but that said did feel sorry for the guy doing the job that he did in front of his home crowd and to then come away from it without the championship and the other thing is that drama was right up to not just the last minute not just the last lap but when was the last time that the winner of the last race of the season crossed the line thinking he was going to win the World Championship, but it actually being dependent on what happened mm. behind him? Yeah, because, I, because I don't it, know. And, yeah. you know. And until those next five or six cars had finished the race, the World Championship wasn't set. Yeah, it's a miracle he didn't just jam on the brakes straight after the line and sit there to see who came past next because yeah. it must have been nail-biting do a couple of donuts get some smoke yeah. up <laughs> I, I'm not sure who to feel the sorriest for that podium celebration with Massa on the podium with the Brazilian national anthem the howling wind the lights because it's dark you know the tears in his eyes he's done everything mm. he can he's in his home race and he's not world champion I don't know whether to feel sorry for him or his dad because mm. that moment yeah. in the pit lane where they're celebrating. We've won the World Championship because Massa's crossed the line first and Lewis is seemingly sixth at this stage. But in the space of 15, 20 seconds, someone comes up to it, one of the Ferrari team, and says to Massa, no, 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 Lewis is fifth. He's, you're not the World Champion. And <sighs> yeah, how far must their hearts have dropped in that moment? I yeah. mean, sure, it was funny at the time, but you can't possibly think about that or yet again without really feeling for them. There's an expression, isn't there? Don't count your chickens before they're hatched. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm Philippe Massa's dad of one million marathon. <laughs> I've done it 26 miles and I have run them all. Uh, excuse, excuse me, mate. Excuse me, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fella, the fourth leg. Um, yeah. Marathon's actually 26.2 miles. So, uh, what you're doing is um, standing about a fifth of a mile from the actual what? finish line. I'm afraid what's happened here is your celebration has been a bit premature. Oh, no! Not again! Ay, ay, ay! 
Felipe Massasade is very nice to come to our house uh, this evening, but uh, it's only the 30th of December. Your New Year's celebration appears to be a little premature. Oh, no, not again! Oh, what a superb James Bond movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Why I have never watched this before? It has been so very excellent. Talisa Wallace, Mr. George Lazenby, surprisingly accomplished. And now this beautiful, happy ending. Yes, James Bond, finally finding love. Woohoo, yes! <laughs> My husband, uh, Felipe Massestad. Yes, Felipe Massestad's wife. I have bad news. Diana Rick, a.k.a. Tracy DiVincenzo, has just been shot. Your celebrations of the cheerful James Bond marriage ending appear to have been a little premature. Oh, no. Not again. That race that we've just watched not only marked a piece of history in that we now have um, a second time in, what, three years? The youngest person ever to win the world championship. So, ha-ha, Louis steals it from Alonso. There's an extra good one there, isn't there? (laughs) I've just done some maths on the back of a Chinese takeaway menu, and by my calculations, by the year 2036, the F1 world champion will be two years old. (laughs) That'll be Michael Schumacher Jr. Jr., of course. Well, the the cars are getting easier to drive, so... uh... (laughs) Who is Ralph's great-grandson? Not Michael's. Don't see that coming, (laughs) But uh, apart from recording a piece of history, first black man to win the World Championship, first youngest man to win the World Championship, since the last youngest man won the World Championship, Mm -hmm. it was also ITV's last race as F1 broadcaster in the UK. 12 years of ITV. Richard, I'm going to come to you and what you're going to say about it in a second, because I know. Zog... What do we think? They did a good job, actually, didn't they? They, they did a good job. I mean, you know, I, I, originally, I suppose, um, you know, when uh, when we were all so into the, uh, yeah, the, the Murray Walker, James Hunt, BBC, uh, F1 tradition, you know, when when they lost it to Eddie, that was, I think as a fan, you felt that they, uh, that they were going to really struggle to do as good a job. To be fair, with the team that they put together, in particular getting Brundle on board, they have managed to do a pretty good job. Uh, I would pick out, actually, some of the technical items that they would do in some of the race build-up stuff and they, they would go to a they'd obviously gone to quite a lot of work on some of those items not just to work with the team to maybe you know get particular shots of the cars at work or get Brundle in a car but they'd get uh, 3D uh, CGI imagery overlaid on the shots of the car to, to illustrate some actually quite complicated points about aerodynamics I or think about that was racing techniques. Last yeah. season where we, we, we saw the the spray and the, the, the flow dynamics off the front wing and stuff over the Red Bull car that they did last season that was at its zenith, that was the stuff that I loved the most, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah I mean and, 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 you know, they're having some really good work as well as just some good solid stuff on the commentary front with Brundle and da 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 doing commentary for them this time <laughs> I must have missed him <laughs> sorry, sorry yeah no they actually got a, they actually got a police lyric in to do some commentary for them that's the one um, I thought it was a bunch of six year olds doing machine gun impressions <laughs> 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 so they've done a good job but um, no I, I'm, I'm 
on the whole, glad to see it going to the BBC, especially given the way I feel about their relative uh, software players, as I ranted about on a previous show. <laughs> and to be fair to them, they, ITV have just updated the player. It has got a little bit better. You can sort of see where you are in the order of things, but it's still rubbish. Right. My view... I think ITV did a great job. I love the adverts because I always burst in for a wee in the middle of the race and I'm always happy to go off and have one and not miss any of the action because they'll always replay it when you come back. Sky Plus, dude. Uh, on the downside, uh, even though I was the reserve pit lane reporter for all 12 years, they never actually called me up and on the only occasion when one of their pit lane reporters couldn't do it, they put in Alan McNish, actually, which was a perfectly good idea, but they didn't yeah, call me like they said they would, so boo to them for that. But Richard... Is there any aspect of the ITV coverage that displeased you over the years? Mm, nothing comes to mind at the moment. Think <laughs> <laughs> long and hard. Is there, is, there, right. is, is there nothing? Nothing about the packaging, um, maybe? Oh, no, no. Like the no, music, yeah. maybe? Mutant. No, soundtrack no, stuff? No, no. Uh, Oh, wait, what about that insufferable, weak-voiced, stats-obsessed turd James Allen? Yes! I knew there was something. Of course, their lead commentator. I think I'd blocked it out because we will never have to hear his voice on F1 again. (laughs) Hallelujah, my brothers and sisters. The man has gone. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord indeed. And we've just heard from the BBC that the money that they've saved from suspending Jonathan Ross and not having to pay Russell Brand anymore, they're going to bring James Allen over to host the coverage on BBC. That would be bad news, wouldn't it? Three people I would rather hear doing the commentary on the BBC coverage. Number one, Robert Mugabe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. He might know a lot. Number two, two, any other two people you get to think of. (laughs) (laughs) I was just just about to say someone who's dead, but I'd still rather listen to a dead person doing it. And number three... Uh, yeah, I would rather uh, listen to Alan Carr running his fingernails down a blackboard and describing it over the top of Formula One coverage. <laughs> oh, that's very scratchy. <laughs> then I would to another second of that stain on broadcasting on the sport that I love. Brundle, though, I have to think is excellent, and I oh, really fantastic. do hope he goes to the beat. Yeah, absolutely. Hello, everyone. All right. James Allen, it's my James Allen impression. Mm, it's not weak enough. Hello, everyone. Back of the throat. Yeah. Did you know there's a James Allen girls' school in Dulwich? Had you I did that? know that because someone sent me a link to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, in, <laughs> I, did, I don't yeah, just get links, here, links yes. to girls' schools. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the James Allen girls' school. There's got to be a sketch in that, guys. There's got to be. <laughs> no, let's just never mention him again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. Okay. The thing that I'm I'm down on with ITV, and I I really did think that they did a, a great great job I really really do I'm even not quite so down on James Allen as you were he was certainly not Murray Walker he didn't bring excitement to the show in the way that Murray Walker did and that's really what you needed the thing I dislike most about ITV's coverage were those flaming heavy metal Sony idents before the breaks and now my two children you know six and eight years old walk around going staying alive I mean for goodness sake please stop doing this and indeed they've They've done that now. I'm going to miss the adverts next year, but I'm not going to miss the stings. Yeah, no, I think you're, you're quite right about the music choices. And it was not, not just that particular one. They've, over the years, they've made some other quite poor mm. music choices. Particularly, yeah. and, and, although, you know, to be fair, it's just impossible to come up to that extraordinarily high standard set by choosing the chain. I mean, you know, the, yeah. 
Well, it's still it's, uh, the beef haven't actually said anything about that yet. So when we brought Top Gear back, well, it was about sorry, six years ago, and we sort of had the uh, Alman Brothers Jessica, you know, the Top mm, Gear theme mm. tune. We we had it uh, redone um, uh, uh, in a sort of remember the propeller heads. It was that kind of yeah. style. If you I listen remember. to it, it's very, it's got the kind mm. of driving baseline. Plus, you're saving some royalties because you're not actually paying the Alman Brothers to use. Well, their, I don't know. Uh, I suppose they still work. get a few quid. I'm not sure. No, no, no. Yeah, they'll get the composition. Yeah, yeah, they'll get royalty. They won't get the performance. But but I just wonder whether they'll try and do something like that with the chain and whether that would actually just end up being awful but you know if they did a sort of you know a chain flavoured or just sample it in some way I don't know mm. that's I a think, challenge I think that kind of sort of re-recording thing can be tricky but it was something mm. like the chain where well yeah the chain's a very subtle thing whereas that Allman Brothers tune it's a much stronger tune the, the chain depends ah, well. much more on sort of you know a yes, build it's, up it's in a, a feel sort of, and a, a sound it's a feel and a, yeah, and a sound yeah. and to remix those I know I mean well, if you just did it on a sort of on a, on a synth with a bass line that did the the, the Distinctive bass at the start of the chain. I don't think it would sound yeah, well, a bit odd. It would sound a bit too much. Like Although you say that about the Top Gear theme, the guy, the guy who did uh, the the new version that you all hear on on Top Gear these days uh, said it was actually a complete swine to get it right because it's quite a complicated bit of music. It's sort of in principle easier to do a remodelling of that original work that sounds good in its own right without yes. sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know without sort yeah. of. Uh, looking really weak when you can. Well, what is the chain is just a bass line and then and some the drums dang, 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 guitar comes in. So, yeah, it's sort of it's fairly elemental. Do you know what? Do you know how good the chain is? I really dislike almost everything I've ever heard from Fleetwood Mac with the exception oh, of... Oh, go your own way. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> they had, yeah. With the exception of Albatross and the acoustic version of Albatross, which I love. And I even can't stand listening to the chain, but I like it in the context of mm. Formula One. That's how good it is in the context of Formula mm. One. Hey, I've got a really good and ultimately quite irrelevant trivia question for you. Ah. Everybody knows the chain and associate it throughout the 80s with... Uh, the Formula One coverage, but at the same time, the BBC was doing rally coverage, and there was a very distinctive bit of music that went over the titles of the rally coverage. At the, the same that time that they around yeah. the same time, that... and uh, what I tell you, the only reason I mention this is because it was still being used on the rally coverage when I uh, first started working for the BBC in uh, Pebble Mill in in like 1998, and at that point, it was still the most commonly asked question that we got. Really? Mailed it at What's that point. That I mean, emails. What yeah. is that music What's that on music the off the rally? Um, was okay, it the theme tune done... to Grange Hill by any chance? It, was. it usually <laughs> is. The, the same one, isn't it, that they use for other programmes, don't they? No, um, it, it, it was the Grange Hill Nelly uh, sort of mashup. Back now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was also used for that mime programme with uh, Michael Aspen. What was it called? <laughs> Give us a clue. Uh, that was it, the was, same piece uh, yeah, of music. With, yeah. with Lisa Goddard yeah. and Lionel Blair. And Una Stubbs. Orbito. <laughs> and Michael Parkinson used to do it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I spoke to Michael Parkinson this week because he was a guest on. Uh, on uh, Top Gear going out this week and I spoke to him on the phone did a little speech he's a really nice guy (laughs) almost uh, completely incomprehensible at times something about cricket a broadcasting institution in his own right exploding kneecap (laughs) but uh, yeah just just, he's like that guy of fascia oh where were we we were talking about music and I think we should stop talking about music because I keep wanting to sing things out loud and then we'll get copyright infringement hang on the question though I can't remember what that piece of music was what was it called I want to know now Right, it was by a band called Propaganda. Uh, in which case, it would either have been... Hey, hang on, look here we go. Duel. Yes. Uh, or Bing. Dream Within a Dream. It was Duel. It was Duel. Duel by Propaganda. Okay, uh, but, uh, which version? Was it Duel, oh. D-U-E-L, or was it the remix that was spelled J E W 
W E L. Hang on, first ones, I things. think. I'll look it up after we've done this. Brilliant. But it's Paul, a great tune. Paul Morley, Paul Morley, <laughs> and Dudley, and what was the German woman in, in propaganda? What was her name? She had a great name. Oh, Claudia. Claudia. Um, she was Brucher. Yes. Claudia Brucher. Yes. yes. And, did some work with the Pet Shop Boys, I think. And, and Dudley, uh, yeah. Art of Noise as well. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. This is a car show, isn't it? Sometimes. Yeah, but we like a good one. Rudy, my old friend, <laughs> I have not seen you in precisely 57 days. How is life in the hedge fund business? Oh, Helmut, it's not good, my friend. I've been fired from my job. And my doctor says it is best if I'm not reminded of recent unpleasantness in any way at all. I am sorry to hear this. So when I first saw your gloomy face, I assumed it was merely because you had missed out on your usual weekend game of golf. Oh, no! Ooh, ah, no, wait. I'm poor, guys. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, uh, please put this Volkswagen-related misery out of your mind. <laughs> oh, for a moment there, when you uh, made your outburst, I thought perhaps actually it's because my terrible breath. It is a result of my breakfast bat first. Wait, I have something here which will freshen my breath. Perhaps you would like one too. Polo? No! No, 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 wait! No, 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 no! Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, please. Uh, forget that this was mentioned. Um, I, I think you need to take your mind off things, Rudy. You need to take your mind off yeah. things, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, may I invite you to dinner? You oh. and your wife will join me for a meal. And also my new girlfriend, oh, yes. Sharon. No! Oh, no! 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 Wait! Wait! No! No! She's a lady. Not a people move. Uh, wait! Wait! It's fine. Rudy, calm, calm, calm. I'm oh. sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. Rudy, it is clear from this that you need something to take your mind off things. Yeah. This is the problem. Uh, I, uh, as a friend, I suggest to you that you adopt some kind of hobby. You know, some some oh, pastime yeah. that uh, will yeah. allow you to, you know, beetle around. Oh. No! 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 I am sorry. No! No! Rudy! Rudy! Please! No! No, don't, don't jump, don't jump, don't jump. It's okay. It's okay. It's Helmut, okay. Come, come. please stop making these incredibly contrived Volkswagen references. This is very bad for my cop. Rudy, my friend, I apologize once more. Oh. And I will, I promise, choose my words more carefully. Um, uh, I, okay, but before I say uh, the next thing... I just want to check with you. Uh, please tell me, Volkswagen have never made a car called so you shouldn't have been so greedy, you money-grabbing bastards. Gareth Jones on speed! Proud to have a British world champion again! Well done, Lewis! I'm just looking at my list of notes here, of things I scribbled down during the race. It's got stuff like ordered pizza... After second stop, when Lewis came out sixth, I thought that was the end, really. And also, Button slash Barrichello slash Senna, Embratel, Honda. Do you know about that? No. No. Uh... Something I remembered. Well, three into two won't go, right? And next year, there are three people vying for the drive in the Honda team. One of them is Rubens Barrichello. The other one is Jensen Button. The third one is allegedly... Takuma Sase. No. no. 
Oh, no, I, 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 pulled, I pulled that out of the air because yeah. he doesn't have a drive at the moment. And, uh, well, you'd expect him to go back to Honda, but no, he looks like he could be going to Toro Rosso, yeah. very possibly. But the third one is Ayrton Senna's nephew, your friend oh, of mine, Bruno, Bruno Senna. Mm-hmm. And I'm inclined to believe that this is going to happen because I read somewhere this week that Honda have just signed a big sponsorship deal with Embretel, the Brazilian telephone company. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't get a massive Brazilian sponsor without a Brazilian driver, do you? And it's hard to think who else would be in the frame other than Bruno Senna. Are you are you aware of Bruno Senna having uh, he's sponsorship got, with Embratel already? Yeah, he has, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah well, well, go. And he's got a test with Honda uh-huh. coming up in a couple of weeks. Because so, he has been talking about how he's not sure what's happening next year, but he'd like to be an F1, and he's been saying that, you know, there may be some kind of announcement soon and then he might be able to, you know make a more uh, definite statement about the future. So, yeah, so, so, so something is, you know, yeah. at least... Uh, um, on that, I don't, think, I don't think they're going to have two Brazilian drivers in that team, are they? So it does look like that could have been Barrichello's last race. Well, yeah. and he is, you know, he's the oldest statesman in the sport now, isn't he? He's the, uh, he's the old guy. Mm. Um, yeah. Speaking of which... Uh, he's the, better than Button. Sorry, I didn't say... <coughs> <coughs> Well, well is he though? Did you, you notice know, at the end of the question. race, one of the Hondas <laughs> was <laughs> on fire? Now, it's easy to say, well, of course, F1 cars, things like the brakes are running at over a thousand degrees centigrade. Of course, when they come to a halt suddenly, after an intense race like that, sometimes things catch fire. It's less easy to say or speculate without any basis. They're just burning the evidence. <laughs> that was a terrible was, season. Yeah. Get rid of it. I think it was an insurance job. That was the only way they could salvage anything from this season. The new Set fire to the car. I said, oh, look, sorry. We did, right off at the circuit. Yeah, we'll, And that was the only hot lap that Honda's done all season. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so anyone, anyone else we leaving behind this year? Uh, uh, Crazy Dave. Crazy oh. Dave uh, Coulthard oh. is, is, uh, is uh, either out of here and I was going to say something ruder. Um, I put on a frock to celebrate Dave's last race. I'm wearing me kilt. You are wearing a kilt. And it didn't bring any fortune whatsoever. But I have to say, I did predict exactly what was going to happen before the race, did I not? You did. Can I I tell you something else? This is slightly pathetic, but it seems to have worked. Uh, I'm wearing uh, my lucky underpants. Are you really? Yeah, I really, really, I'm really? show them to you. I'm going to take my my lucky pants. It wouldn't work on a podcast anyway, there's no point. No, no, no. no. So, did you take any luck precautions or, or symbolic precautions for the last race? Because I, I, I remember a couple of... Yeah, when... um, actually, I, I sort of did. I, I decided that I wouldn't wear my Renault cap today. <laughs> I also made the same decision. <laughs> I, I have a very nice Renault, yeah. uh, Renault ING uh, cap, yeah. which I wear quite a lot of the time. But uh, I thought, no, I'm not going to wear that today because in some bizarre way, although I'm a very, very sort of strict rationalist and I have no time for any kind of superstition religion whatsoever, mm. nonetheless, I thought, oh, I don't want in any way to kind of jinx things here. <laughs> yes. and I, I, I wouldn't want somehow, by wearing this cap, to imply that uh, I might be supporting Alonso over Hamilton yes. and thereby <laughs> through the complicated web of interconnected strands of karma and fate in the universe somehow well, jinx as, as we well race. know when a butterfly uh, beats its wings in the Brazilian rainforest wearing a Renault cap as soon as <laughs> 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 on the McLaren driver off yeah. the track in Brazil do you know curiously talking about sort of good luck charms and things uh, many many years ago when Damon Hill won the world championship I, I was in this very room sat on that very sofa there watching it and before the race it was the middle of the night it was a Japan race and before the race started I got up extra early and I got 
seven pieces of masking tape and I taped them around the top of my alarm baseball cap <laughs> to look like a Damon Hill hat, which I didn't have in those days. I put it on <laughs> and my mate Bobby was coming over for the race. I went, Bobby's going to like this. I got to the door, right? The doorbell rang. I opened the door and Bobby's done exactly the same. <laughs> An alarm hat with seven pieces of masking tape around it in exactly the same position. So I'd be very interested to hear what our listeners have done <laughs> to bring good luck to Lewis Hamilton because whatever it is what guys it, it worked yeah, yeah, yeah well done us well and, done and me wearing a, 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 a Scottish pair of trousers or kilt as we call them in Wales um, didn't help Mr Coulthard at all but we will miss him he's had some great moments I think his finest moment was that first Monaco win oh that was yeah I mean he, he's been inconsistent in a lot of ways but he's going to some fantastic moments yeah absolutely Monaco and he's been a, a gentleman throughout his career I think he's, he's not a driver who you would very often criticise for... Being big-headed. Or being, yeah, being yeah. big-headed, for being yeah. too aggressive, for being unfair yeah. uh, to, to other drivers. And, you know, and I think that should be applauded. It's just a shame that when he maybe did have his best chances at McLaren, that he, mm. you know, either through bad luck or through just, you know, a moment of poor concentration managed mm. to throw it away because uh, he could yeah. have won one championships. Um, yeah, he could. And uh, that's the thing. He was he at his most frustrating when he was in the McLaren. When he was in the Red Bull... And it wasn't... And it lowered expectations. He did hold that thing round there yeah. Yeah. Uh, of all proportion to how it should have gone. And you could almost see him. It was, it was interesting, actually, when he sort of made that transition from you know, the end of his McLaren career to stepping to that Red Bull and yeah, new phase of his career, he almost seemed to be liberated. You could, mm. almost, yeah. you could almost see him sort of with a bit more of a spring in his step. Relaxing, and it, and, yeah. and you know, it showed in his driving. Yeah. Here's the terrible Coulthard irony, I think, that he was taken out of his last Formula One race by a driver in a car of the team that gave Coulthard his first drive in Formula One, <laughs> a Williams. He arrived in a Williams, mm. and he was taken out, as we understand, by Nico Rosberg slamming him up the rear in this race. So, there, bookends. David Coulthard, we applaud you, yep. and we'll miss, we'll miss you. you. We'll miss you. Before you go. Uh, and uh, you have been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed. Uh, we'll play out, I think, with the only anthem you can play when you've got a British world champion for the first time in however many years. Well done, Lewis. Say goodbye, Richard. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Zog. Goodbye. And farewell, people. Get more info on this show at garethjones.tv. Write to the show on speed at garethjones.tv or subscribe for free at the iTunes store. Gareth Jones on Speed is made by Whizbang. (laughs) 